0: On today's Winning Cures Everything, we got more Pac-12 mess. You guys know. North Carolina is on board with unequal revenue distribution in the ACC. College football attendance is up. We've got rule changes. We've got a Texas quarterback situation, coaching moves, and more.
1: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. i've been watching it for 40 years are you kidding me you're listening to winning cures everything
0: game day baby wake up or get out here's your host a confident young man a superb athlete gary segers welcome back to winning cures everything presented by BetUS, where we talk college football news and rumors all year round I'm Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. This is the Friday, March 10th edition of the show. It's Season 8, Episode 18. Now go ahead, like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, jump in the comments, etc. My apologies for going so long without a show. Uh, The four-year-old had strep throat uh, over the weekend. It moved on into the week. I just got back into the office on Wednesday to do the BetUS College basketball show. I've had to knock out some other obligations, etc. cetera. Unfortunately, it, winning cures everything does not quite pay the bills here yet. So, so there are other things that I have to knock out before I can do the shows. Uh, but you can always bet that I will be doing shows uh, in the end. Of course, uh, this is a lot of fun for me. If it, if it, be, yeah, excuse me. If it becomes a job, uh, hey, like it, it couldn't get a whole lot better than that. I will certainly say that. Uh, I'm sure that you see the new lights behind me. We'll see if we like them or not. If you don't, let me know. <laughs> they uh, they look a little goofy, but it is what it is. Uh, just a note, I will be on vacation next week. I've got a show loaded for Monday, but then it's NCAA Tournament Week. Uh, I'll try and give out my bracket picks on a show next Tuesday uh, when I've got a little bit of free time, so be on the lookout for that. I'll give out my gambling picks along with uh, who I think is actually going to go furthest in the bracket, all that kind of stuff. So if you want that, it'll be here on Tuesday. Uh, today, though... We got a lot to talk about. I'm not going to long form much of this stuff. We're going to roll through everything that you need to know. All right, time to talk college football. Now, <laughs> you know what? Let's start with let's start with this first. It's not college football news. We'll talk a little bit of college basketball. Uh, cheers to cranky Jim Boeheim on his retirement after 47 years at Syracuse. I'm going to tie a little bit of football into this. Uh, that program is undeniable proof that sometimes conference realignment does not work out the best for everybody. That basketball program had such a storied history with the Big East, and it's this time of year, every year, when the Big East tournament is happening in MSG and Syracuse is stuck playing down in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, that you really can look at that and think that maybe football should be separate from all of these other sports. Syracuse basketball does not move the needle in the ACC, but it does against St. John's, UConn, Marquette, Etc. right? Syracuse was brought in for a TV footprint, and that sucks. Uh, but alas, as much of a jerk as Beheim has been for the last few years, he is really one of the last of a dying breed. Uh, hopefully the school will do something different for his retirement uh, other than just allowing that awkward press conference followed by a social media post. That's my hope anyway. Uh, also in basketball, Chris Beard is the leading candidate for the Ole Miss job. And this is just more proof that these bigger conferences do not care about anything other than winning. And, and that's not me throwing shade on no Ole Miss either. This is proof that if your talents outweigh your problems, you're going to be hireable. Like, period. Beard was arrested, um, but the, the charges were ultimately dropped. Like, if you can live with the bad PR for a little while, your basketball team is going to be successful. Uh, but don't give everybody the BS about how the school is doing their due diligence. In researching Chris Beard, like just be honest and tell everybody, hey, we we got tired of losing and we know that this guy can win. He wasn't charged with anything. We know some stuff went down, but we don't care enough about that to not hire him. Like just be honest about it. I think I think more people would appreciate that. All right, let's move on. We're moving into the uh, the realignment portion of this, uh, where we talk about media deals and all that kind of mess. Greg Flugauer, I hope I say that name right. He hosts the Peek Around the Corner podcast. Uh, He's on Twitter at Flug Empire, F-L-U-G Empire. He reported that his sources have told him that Apple TV is out of the Pac-12 sweepstakes. They are no longer in the running to get the Pac-12 media rights. Uh, Now, Greg, he is at least the only person that I know of that was tweeting about USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten as early as March of last year. It didn't happen until the summer, but his sources have been pretty right on a lot of this stuff. Uh, Now, the fact that Apple TV could be out of the media rights negotiations for this, that's not necessarily a bad thing for the Pac-12. Like, we talked about this when it was reported that CBS and Turner were out on uh, the Pac-12 negotiations. If Apple is out, that could mean that the league is closer to finalizing a deal with ESPN and Amazon. Like, Apple, we imagine, would have wanted the entire thing. Like, they don't want a diluted Pac-12 product, so the conference... Uh, Let it be known that they need a package with at least some kind of linear exposure, um, I would guess. Like, it it would make sense that Apple was ready to drop out on this one. So, I'll post the link to his his podcast over there. Uh, I would highly recommend to go and check it out. Very, very cool stuff that he's doing over there. Dennis Dodd put out an article at CBS Sports titled, Big 12 Readies to Pounce on Four Corner Schools. As doubt creeps in about Pac 12's viability. Now, I highly recommend that you read this. The link is in the description on it. Uh, There is a lot going on here. It opens up talking about all the ways that Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, has tried to spruce up this week's Big 12 conference tournament uh, for basketball and the ways that they're attempting to boost the entertainment aspect of Big 12 basketball. Uh, Now, this article has a Big 12 slant on all of it. And you can tell the sources are from that side of things, but. Uh, after it talks about the Big 12 entertainment, etc., the article dives into expansion, realignment, the Pac-12, even, even the Big 10. So let's try to quickly hit on a few of these, right? First, you've got this blurb. Uh, Big 12 sources were waiting anxiously to hear the results of a Colorado Board of Regents meeting held to discuss the program's future in the Pac-12. The CU Regents met in a special session, according to multiple reports. It may only take one of the four corner schools to bolt from the Pac-12 for the other three to follow, Big 12 sources say. Now, first off, your sources, if they, why are they waiting to hear what's going to come out of this Board of Regents meeting? Like, do you, are, who, are you, who are you exactly talking to? Like, there's a part of this article that says that the Big 12 is in contact weekly with these schools, If you're in contact with these schools, why would you need to wait on what they have to say? Like you should already know what they're going to say in this meeting, uh, in these meetings, excuse me. Um, it, it moves on Kansas coach, Bill self and Kansas state coach, Jerome Tang talked about wanting to get Arizona into the big 12 for basketball. Uh, Tang referenced all four corner schools as being a natural fit for the big 12. Uh, and I know where you're going here. Like, wait, like Gary, where, where exactly are you going with all this stuff? Uh, But we continue on with this blurb from Dodd, right? Three high-ranking industry sources in the last week told CBS Sports they believe your mark is going to be successful in luring at least some combination of four-corner schools. Some went farther speculating the Pac-12 was a couple of weeks away from dissolving. Uh, Quote, the damn breaking, in a sense, one source said. Now, my first thought on this, like, who are the high-ranking industry sources? Are we talking ESPN or Fox execs, or are these Big 12 guys that are just towing the company line? I think that would make a huge difference in how realistic this looks. Uh, If ESPN and Fox think this is about to fall apart, that's obviously not a good thing for the Pac-12. But the article continues. It goes on to discuss Oregon and Washington, who would uh, possibly be left in no man's land if the four corner schools leave, while Oregon and Washington still don't have Big Ten invites. Now, from the article, it says... The future of the Ducks and Huskies as members of the Pac-12 may be tied to outgoing Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. There are indications that at least one Big Ten media rights holder won't engage in expansion talks until Warren officially leaves the conference for the Chicago Bears on April 17th. That could create an awkward transition for the Pac-12 schools if they have eyes on the Big Ten. Now, I will go ahead and tell you this. There is a current Fox executive that is in the running to be the new Big Ten Commissioner. Now, I'm not shocked it's taken this long to come up with a new commissioner. Uh, the school will certainly want to make sure that they've got the right person for the job, right? But why would you need a new commissioner before you decide to vote in new schools? Well, it continues on uh, in the article there. It says the belief is there, uh, excuse me, the belief is there will be clarity about the PAC 12's future long before April 17th. And, and I'll, I'll go on and add this in there. God, I hope so. If, if we're still talking about this crap on April 17th, <laughs> I mean, good Lord. Uh, anyway, it continues. to said, what will happen to Oregon and Washington if they are in a sort of purgatory awaiting their conference fate? They were near the top of Warren's list as he pushed the Big Ten for further expansion after the conference finalized this new media rights deal in August. Back then, Big Ten athletic directors and presidents were against such a move that would have included Stanford and California. Now, without Warren being around to push for those schools, it may work out to their advantage eventually. It says the Big Ten has yet to announce Warren's replacement. Now, this is a bit of a bombshell, right? Like, Warren leaving the Big Ten could actually help Oregon and Washington because Kevin Warren didn't, like, the Big Ten didn't want Stanford and Cal, but Warren wanted all four of them? Am I reading this right? Like, what computer simulation are we living in right now? Like, maybe you guys can create it. Toss it in the comments. I want to know what your thoughts are on this. Um, But the article then goes on to talk about whether or not the Pac-12s Uh, CEO authorizing expansion, or excuse me, the Pac-12 CEOs authorizing expansion by as many as four teams. You know, we talked about that last week uh, with Colorado State being a possibility along with SMU, San Diego State, maybe Fresno. It's I mean, who knows? Um, But uh, it, it talks in here about it being either more about expansion or just backfilling when some of the current members decide to leave. Uh, it said, in other words, the likes of Colorado State and Fresno State wouldn't be expanding the Pac-12. They would be keeping it upright. It then continues on. It says the Pac-12 cannot suffer the loss of even two teams and remain a viable Power 5 conference, veteran media consult uh, Neil Pilson told CBS Sports recently. He said, I don't think they can afford to lose even two more schools. I think if they end up back as the Pac-8 or Pac-10, it will not be good, Pilsen said. All right, so first off, Let's go on and get this out of here. The Pac-12 is not a power conference going forward, regardless of what happens here. Like, there is no more power five. It's a power two, a middle three, and the group of five, with the AAC being the highest on the total pole of those bottom five there. The AAC is closer to the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC uh, than those three leagues are to the SEC and the Big Ten. But I digress. Would the Pac-12 just dissolve if there's only six schools left or would those six schools, like, move to the Mountain West? Would the Mountain West just morph into the Pac-12? Would would schools like Nevada, New Mexico, et cetera, just eventually fade away or join Conference USA? Like, there is so much to break down with this. Uh, and I, I honestly don't have time to do it right now. If there are still questions after I get back from vacation, I may have to do a deep dive on it. But this is really nuts to think about. Uh, the Pac-12 sources swear that everything's good. The media deal is going to get done. Everybody's staying together. But man, there are so many other voices out there saying the opposite. And I don't think that the Big 12 has that many allies. Like, why would all these different sources spin this narrative if there wasn't some kind of truth to it? Right? A lot can obviously change from day to day. So who knows what ends up happening? I tend to believe that somebody is going to leave the Pac-12 pretty soon. And when they do, as John Oran said, all hell is going to break loose. I I don't know when it's going to happen, but, man, it just feels like it is. All right, Winning Cures Everything is powered by BetUS. With fast payouts, fantastic customer service, a myriad of options to bet on, and an easy-to-use layout, it's easy to see why it's been America's favorite online sportsbook for nearly 30 years. And right now, just in time for March Madness, you can wager with a $50 free play, no deposit required, just by signing up using the link in the description below. BetUS also has an awesome $1 million perfect bracket contest and a $100,000 best bracket contest going on. So take advantage of the deal and get signed up at BetUS where the game begins. Visit BetUSTV.com slash join for more information. Moving along, Bubba Cunningham, uh, the North Carolina AD, joined the OG on 99.9 The Fan WRAL in North Carolina, and echoed the sentiments that Florida State and Clemson have been stating, and that is that it's time for the ACC to move to unequal revenue distribution. Uh, He stated equal distribution was very appropriate, particularly when you had eight schools in your league, which the ACC did back in 1991. Uh, He said, as your league expands, the footprint expands, the number of sports that you offer differs, the overall value to the league and its media markets is different, and I think some of us are starting to suggest we need to reexamine that and take a look at where is the value and how do we distribute the money differently so that we can ensure the teams that want to invest the most will be rewarded for that investment. That discussion is just beginning. Now, Cunningham apparently told WRAL in October that he was part of a group that was tasked with studying the unequal revenue issue. Like They were looking into this back in October, and nobody really even talked about it. That that just goes to show everything gets put on the back burner during football season. Uh, Anyway, he continued on. He said, I'm not sure that you're going to satisfy everyone with a differential payout. Uh, In fact, I'm relatively confident you're not going to satisfy anyone because some aren't going to think that they have enough and others feel like they took an unnecessary haircut. Uh, What we're trying to do is raise the level so we can maintain a competitive standard nationally. I don't believe that you have to have as much money as everyone else to be competitive. You're looking at Texas and Ohio State, $200 million budgets. We're not going to be at $200 million, but if we get a few more million or somebody else can, and I think that's going to make a difference in retention of coaches. There's no telling where the NIL is going and what other compensation models might look like as we move forward. I think all those ideas will play out in the next couple of years, but you're going to need money to finance the new economic structure of college sports. So he's 100% right. Like, this isn't just about making as much money as the Big Ten and SEC schools so that Clemson can just build, you know, putt-putt courses and water slides, Right. Like, we are quickly approaching a day where schools will have to pay football players a salary. And we've talked about it on the show a lot. Uh, and if you can only offer $50,000 a year and your competitor is offering 100000 well, you know where the better players are going to go. Like, it's already looking like that with NIL, et cetera. But as it sits right now, that stuff is funded by boosters for, you know, a few players here and there. Or they give, like, you know, a smaller contracts to, like, an entire position group, et cetera. Like, most school boosters cannot afford payroll every year for an entire football team without getting some kind of return on investment. Like, I I was not shocked to hear Cunningham saying this, uh, but, I mean, the numbers continue to add up. We now have three ADs openly saying that the ACC model has to change. I would imagine things are going to get a lot louder over the next few months. Just a guess. Uh, Dennis Dodd. Let's talk about this. College football is back, baby. (laughs) <laughs> Dennis Dodd wrote an article the other day titled College Football Attendance sees Largest Increase Since 1982. Now, in fact, it was the second largest increase since the NCAA started keeping stats back in 1978. The average FBS football game had 41,840 fans last season. Now, that's an increase of 5%, and that's with Oregon State Stadium construction and Hawaii playing at a high school field. Uh, the per-game rise was 1,992 fans. In 2021, the average attendance was 39,848. That was the lowest since 1981. Like 2021 was the seventh straight season of declining attendance in the ninth and 10 years, which by the way, the NCAA does not include 2020. The COVID season was just nuts overall, right? Uh, now, nobody can really explain why it increased this much. Uh, there's a lot of questions, obviously. Is it just more of a rebound after the pandemic? You know, people want to experience things in person rather than watching on TV, you know, which is what people did when they were stuck in their homes for so long. Like, probably. That's probably part of it. Is it more teams being competitive like Kansas Duke and Tulane? Probably. Uh, Could it be better matchups in stadiums and and more people cutting cable TV? Maybe. It's likely a combination of all of these things. Uh, Regardless, more people are going to college football games. And that is never, never a bad thing. Now, on the other side, we're going to talk about Manning versus Ewers at Texas. The NCAA is being sued again. New NCAA football rules, Gary Patterson, and we got some more coaching moves. Let's check out some things you should know about. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, expert game analysis only on the Bet US TV College football channel. Steve Sarkisian was asked about Texas's first spring practice on Monday, and he stated, I'm not worried about who's going to be on the cover of what magazine next week. I'm more focused on is each guy focusing on what they need to do to develop to be the best player that they can be. Quinn has an entire year of a head start, but I don't want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it can look like. Now, Adam Schefter, you know, noted NFL uh, reporter, he read that as Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning are going to compete for the team's starting quarterback job. And he's not wrong, right? Uh, but as does anything involving Texas, like that turned a few heads for people that assumed Ewers was just going to be the starter after being the starter last year. Uh, let's not confuse what Sark said here. Like It, it sounded a lot like something he may have learned from Nick Saban. Uh, competition breeds success. Ewers was never going to just be handed the starting job. Like The best players are going to play, which... Makes sense. I don't think there's any kind of controversy here in the first week of spring practice for the Longhorns, but man, the media is going to be all over this Arch Manning in, in this whole supposed quarterback battle because Arch Manning portrays hope for a huge Texas fan base. And in all honesty, that's good for just about any media business, to be completely honest. Staying on Texas, Gary Patterson told Horns247's Chip Brown that he is stepping away from his role as special assistant at Texas. He said, I'm so appreciative of Steve Sarkeesian, the players and fans for my time at Texas this past year. I loved my time in Austin. I jumped into that role right after leaving TCU, and I put off a lot of stuff foundation-wise because I wanted to be a sponge. I wanted to see how the coaches on staff there at Texas, who have been at places like Alabama and Washington, how they recruit, how they handle practice, how they handle things like NIL. He said, I learned so much and have so much respect for guys uh, like Pete Kwiatkowski and Jeff Choate and Bo Davis and really, really enjoyed the players. Uh, who knows, maybe I'll get to August and I'll want to come back if Sark would have me. But right now, I feel like I need to take some time for my wife, kids, and grandkids while also looking to see if I can help college football on a larger scale. All right, let's hit that last part first. What does he mean on a larger scale? Like, is he is he going to be uh, a part of some committee like, is he going to get flown into Dallas uh, or get flown into wherever these meetings are Indianapolis, I guess, part of the NCAA stuff uh, and get fed these like steak dinners and whatnot, you know, for, just for hanging out. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Uh, Patterson was the head coach at TCU for 21 years. He, he was the defensive coordinator under Dennis Franchoni before that. He, he has been in Fort Worth for a long time. And his disdain for the Longhorns was widely known. Is why we made such a big deal about him becoming a special assistant for them uh, last year, right? Uh, Now, I'm certain that Patterson had some hurt feelings with the way that TCU let him go after he was such a key piece in the success of that athletic department. Uh, With this track record, he's the kind of coach that usually would get to just decide when he's ready to leave, but the school did not afford him that opportunity. But you know what this whole thing reminds me of? Like in my in my less mature days, when I would get out of a relationship, uh, if if things didn't go well at the end of that relationship, I would date somebody that I knew that my ex hated, just to get a rise out of him. Now, eventually, I'd get tired of the new person I was dating. I would I would move on to something more real. Um, but you look at the similarities here. Patterson went to Texas, a school that he hated, one year after being fired at TCU. Now he's ready to get on with his real life. I, and he's leaving Texas. Like, it happens all the time, just not usually in college football. This, this was weird, but not exactly uh, insane, right? Like, I, we all expected Patterson to eventually leave Texas. Uh, it seemed like a petty move on its face. Uh, and that's what it seems like now that he's leaving, you know, a year later. LifeWallet CEO John Ruiz has told on three that he is suing the NCAA regarding them recently placing Miami on probation for an impermissible benefit violation in women's basketball. now this was about what happened during the recruitment of uh, Hannah and Haley Cavender. So the question, obviously what is he suing over? Like all they did was put them on probation. Well, this was supposed to be like an NIL adjunct uh, violation, like uh, what they were looking into the NCAA labeled Ruiz a Miami booster in this. So Ruiz said in his, uh, in the, uh, the On3 article, he said the main gist of it is I'm not a booster. Therefore, the categorization of me as a booster is legally incorrect. There has already been an agreement in place. I think the university could petition them back to shorten the probation period. Now, the NCAA defines a booster as a, quote, representative of the institution's athletic interests. And that classification is earned... By providing a donation in order to obtain season tickets, participating in an athletics program, making financial contributions to the school, providing employment for enrolled athletes, assisting in the recruitment of high school prospects, or assisting in providing benefits to enrolled athletes. Now, Ruiz's two sons both played baseball for the Hurricanes, and I got to tell you, I can't wait for this. I don't know that there is a single case that the NCAA can win right now with anything. About Nil et cetera, like their rules are so confusing that i don't even think uh, I don't think that they can properly defend themselves in court, like new President Charlie Baker, I hope you guys are are ready and geared up for this one because Ruiz is the kind of guy that will sling around money uh, as long as he has to to win a case, and i he may have something here like i I don't doubt it at all I think that he feels like he's got a good defense um, but the NCAA we've seen this over and over and over again like they are they are knee-deep in it. I mean, they can't seem to win anything. Uh, so it's not shocking to me that Ruiz, you know, as soon as the NCAA uh, tried to levy down any kind of punishment uh, regarding him, it I understand it. I fully understand it. Last week, UCLA signed sixth-year coach Chip Kelly to a contract extension that will keep him with the school through 2027. Now, he is 27 and 29 in five seasons uh, but they have really peaked in the last two, going 17-8 and eight, and watching the offense pick up just a ton of steam. Like I think the last thing that the AD at UCLA wants to do right now is look for a new coach as the school heads into the Big Ten in 2024. Like Stability was the key factor here, so this is good for Chip. Good for Chip, good for UCLA. Uh, I enjoy Chip Kelly, so I think this is a good thing. Let me go ahead and remind you, if you haven't already, go ahead and click the like button, subscribe to the channel for me. My goal is to reach 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year, and we are well on our way at this point with nearly 8,300 subscribed. So, you know, on top of that, leave a nice review on the podcast as well. All those different things help out my little one-man show tremendously. The NCAA Rules Committee has approved new college football rules Uh, from CBS. uh, The biggest change is regarding first downs. Currently, the clock stops on first downs until the ball is spotted by officials, The new rule will keep the clock running on first downs except during the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarters. This will emulate the current rule in the NFL. Now, there's three others as well. Uh, No consecutive timeouts. We've talked about this. Mostly impacts field goal attempts when opposing coaches call multiple timeouts in order to ice the kicker. Uh, Untimed penalties. Rules violations that occur with no time on the clock in the first and third quarters would then carry over to the next quarter, thus limiting untimed downs to the end of the halves, um, Replay adjustments. This is the other one. During games in which there is not a replay official in the booth, on-field officials will have optional replay in which they can use available video after a coach's challenge. That means that uh, the clock running on an incomplete pass did not get approved. Now, this still has to be voted on by the panel to be officially implemented on April 20th, so there's still one more step here, and I honestly, I don't really have an issue with any of these. Like, I find it a bit shocking that there are actually games that don't have a replay official in the booth, seeing as basically every game is televised somewhere these days. But uh, I do believe it's possible that smaller conferences may not have that in their budget. Who knows? Uh, some of these TV networks may not have that in their budget. Who knows? Uh, but I'm okay with all these. You know, toss your, toss your thoughts in the comments. According to On3's Matt Zenitz, Louisiana's Will Myers is joining Georgia as their director of player personnel. Uh, Myers worked at Ole Miss and South Carolina previously. He's going to replace Matt Godwin who decided to pursue opportunities outside of college football. I have no thoughts on this. I, he's, he's got SEC experience. Uh, and I, at this point, I just trust Kirby with any hire that he makes. <laughs> I don't think they're going to have any problems there. Uh, Zenit's also reported Sal Sincere is the top target for defensive tackles coach at Colorado. Sincere was a special assistant to Nick Saban in Alabama this past year, uh, he had had two stints as a coach at Alabama. His son, Vinny, played safety there before heading to the NFL. Now, I, I'm a little surprised that this is even a coaching position. Like, in FBS, you're only allowed to have 10 on-field assistants, and using one of them to only coach defensive tackles instead of the entire D-line is a tad surprising. Like, we'll we'll see if they add more to his title once it becomes official, but it's definitely interesting. Like, Deion Sanders making good hires in Boulder. I'm am a I'm a fan of what he's doing so far. Uh, Alabama has hired Charlie strong as a defensive analyst. That's right. The co DC at Miami last year, Charlie strong, former Texas coach, former Louisville coach. He was a defense coordinator at Florida. Uh, he was the, the, excuse me. He was the coach at South Florida as well for a little bit. Um, but he is now an analyst in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I would imagine if Kevin Steele, uh, doesn't get things going, or if Kevin still decides he wants to retire or something along those lines, uh, it's entirely possible that Charlie Strong could be you know, the next dude up. We'll see. Uh, but Strong, like good football mind, I'm sure he's going to add something to that room. All right, that is going to wrap things up on today's Winning Cures Everything. If you haven't already, click the like button. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Jump in the comments, of course, with all your thoughts on everything that we talked about today. Make sure that you get signed up over at BetUS. Uh, join their $1 million perfect bracket pool and their $100,000 best bracket pool. Um, oh, of course, subscribe to the podcast, leave a nice review. All the, You guys know what the stuff to do at this point. But I certainly appreciate you when you do it. I certainly do. As always, if there's something you want me to talk about on the show, feel free to hit me up at GaryWCE on Twitter, or you can email me, Gary at winningcureseverything.com. I hope you all have wonderful weekends and wonderful NCAA tournaments. Uh, I'll be on vacation next week, but uh, but I hope that you all have a great week. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, God bless college football, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, and make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE, and the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show.